Hello and welcome to the Cynic Weekly. I am your host, Lou McCaffrey, and tonight I'm joined by an absolute ran- random gaggle of a panel. It's uh, it's Chris Bowd, our producer. Amateur. I would say extraordinaire, but Jesus Christ, this is our third time recording this podcast it's, tonight. It's going to be it's going to be great. It's going to be well re- rehearsed, certainly. Absolutely. How I'm are you, Chris Bowd? I'm great. Mate. You're I'm looking great. great. Hail, you've, hail. Got the, you've got the great uh, jumper on. I do actually. It's, it's a, a classic. The Bill Murray. Bill, Bill Murray Seagull. Yep. Um, Kieran Haran, how are you? Good evening. I'm good. Yourself? I'm ticket poo. I've been here for a couple of days now, but I'm, I'm settling in, uh, settling in well. And uh, Hard G, Keith McGinty, he brought. It's uh, Chris O'Mani's birthday. Shout out to Chris O'Mani, um, my co-host of the Alas O'Mani McCaffrey podcast, available on Patreon.com forward slash. 90 Minutes Cynic. Black Pro. Um, it's his birthday today. He is uh, like 5% Italian or something. And he likes uh, pasta and brown. We don't have pasta today because it's Pancake Tuesday. But Keith, you brought him. He's not even here, but you brought pancakes and brown sauce. Pancakes and brown sauce. Tante Aguri uh, to Christopher. Um, Italian. I think I need to just step in and say Chris Sermani is 100% against brown sauce and pasta. Don't Has he tried that. it yet? He, you've not tried it. You've got to try it first. He's not here to defend himself. He loves the pasta and brown. <laughs> You're um, going to be cancelled from the show, <laughs> you understand? <laughs> anyway, how are you, Keith? I'm good. I'm still delighted to be back from my loan spell. Um, yep. Hoping it's not going to be a... Well, you've done well. A Callum McGregor, Scott Allen, we're not doing that anymore, right? No. Now. Yeah, delighted to be back. Go with it. Was the hell pit. game's strong. I, not Your hair's looking I get, terrific. I get absolutely bumped after Gal saw my, my shin tattoo, his super scoreboard, and uh, Derek Johnson on there. So, I no, delighted to be back. Good, good. I'm glad. Um, we are gonna we're gonna very briefly start with our thoughts on the dirty, smelly rat that is uh, Brendan Rogers. You'll remember that uh, it was a, it's a year ago tomorrow that he jumped ship. That despite being a lifelong Celtic fan, one of us, he proclaimed, um, he decided to walk out the door, chase the money, go to Leicester, where he's not going to achieve anything in his career. Um, He left us. Do you feel any less angry with Brendan Rodgers? Does anyone forgive him at all? Or is he still the rattest of all rats? I mean, he's pretty ratty, but I mean... I mean, he's named the son Anton. He's a big Celtic fan. A big Celtic fan. Um, it might surprise you to learn, Louis. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I doubt it will, but crack on. Yeah, but I, I prefer to think of uh, this as the anniversary of the, the day that John Kennedy stepped up. Wow. Became a man in her eyes. Here's another French French phrase. Deja vu. <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, I, it's John Eddie, John Eddie, John, John Eddie, John Steady Eddie Kennedy, uh, steadied the ship. The the rat was jumping off. Uh, I don't know. I'm I'm done. I'm done. I no. John Kennedy's a hero. Keith. Keith. Fuck. I can't believe You've got a ginger beard. He's got ginger hair. I just. I'm sorry. He's got no beard. I've got a beard. I know. Anyway, it's upside it, down, Keith. I know. <laughs> is he a rat? I've got head and hair in my head, even though. Yeah, okay. Don't is, rub is, it in. Is he, uh, is he a rat or is he a rat? Oh, he's the rat of all rat. He, ah, is, king, he is king rat. He's like Splinter. King, king rat. Sort of humanoid rat. King rat is the He's first. also going about now, anyway. We're still enjoying success without him, so it just shows you that we could do it without him. Nah, wasn't, fuck him. Wasn't about all, about all about him those two and a half years? It's. It's about the club and it's about the players and it's about the fans. We're still winning the silverware. We're still top of the league. Who that's, needs the rat? Thanks. Nice. I'm glad we recorded this is better. Yeah, I know. Nice. I know. Does it still make you angry though when you see him on the telly? His wee ratty face. I, uh, His wee gnashers, man. It was the it was the blue suit last year that really got me. That was the the one that really turned my stomach. That 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 well tailored fitted blue suit walking down the trackside. Um, he's big fake falsers beaming. They have to have left us so quickly. No, I'm I'm delighted he's gone. Neil Lennon has 
um, taking the reins off and already we've surpassed last year's goals that we scored so it just shows you how much he was holding his back really listen when Neil Lennon got appointed we were all we were all very much For in favour we were massive champions of uh, Neil Francis Lennon and uh, he is the greatest and um, I think we can all agree with that yeah yeah. Maybe, maybe more clubs out there should take a leaf out of Lowell's book and actually offer jobs in the showers to people, it, managers. It, it, to well, it, it was inspired. Why they ever doubted Pete? Well. I don't know. Um, just very quickly, before we get to the, the Copenhagen game from last week, do we prefer, the, the way Celtic are playing now, you know, the considering how many more points we are ahead um, or not necessarily ahead but yep. the, the the points tally we have right now compared to last season um, do you prefer watching the Celtic team now as opposed to what you did under um, Durat obviously there's a contrast of styles there are we happier now than what we were despite the success I think it's more exciting under Lennon I think the football is more exciting than it was under Rogers Ratchers Um but, you know, he would, scratching all his way to results, he was quite good at that. But um, it's, ni- it's nice to be good in Europe. Oh, well, that's absolutely. I mean, yeah, I mean, <laughs> Ratchers did. He, he, Don't pack he, him up, out. He was, he was all right in Europe. He wasn't terrible. But Lennon's done better. Yeah. Clearly. Kieran, you're, at the, you're at the games um, each week. I think there's a wee bit more of a directness going forward with Lennon's team than there was under Rat. It was a lot of side to side. He kept saying side to side, side to side, force a mistake, force a mistake. Whereas at the end time, there is a bit of side to side, but it's not consistently throughout for the most of the match. There's times where we'll go do the go down the wings, we'll kind of actually go forward into the defence and try and either break through or have shot. There's more shots now from the edge of the box as well under Lennon. So it's, I think he gives the I think he gives the team a bit more of a choice to express themselves. Keith, Lennon ball or Ratty ball? I'm very much for Lennon ball. Um, 20 yard digs last season would have got you banished from the, 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 the stadium and the club for a long time. Um, but they create chances for us now. We're getting corners, we're scoring screamers. The football's scoring a lot more... from it, corners, my God. That's magnificent, isn't it? It's it's as well from scoring. Look at Christy. Christy's right up there well into double figures. Because he's been able to shoot from out of the box. McGregor, Forrest as well. They've all been unleashed. Oh, sorry, I thought you were going to continue that. Um, <laughs> and you made a good point in one of the previous recordings tonight that um, you wished him nothing but, what was it, misery in his life Ill or will. something? Oh, well. Oh, well. Happy anniversary to him. And we we echo those sentiments. Hope he gets caught in a fucking mouse trap. Absolutely. Rat and his trap. team get relegated. Yeah. Ha-ha. Which is, you know, it's... Yeah. Probably won't happen, but fuck him. I hate him. Um, so last week we were in our podcast. Last week we previewed the Copenhagen game. We're getting back to European action um, after obviously a, a break after the group stage. We've got Copenhagen, a team that we know, a team that we've played uh, recently. First leg away, one-one. What were your thoughts? Brief thoughts overall, about uh, aye. Um, it was a game of two halves in that, wasn't it? Just r- nice cliche, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but it was. Um, overall, you've got to be happy with the result. Away goal, draw away in Europe for Celtic. I'll always fucking take that. Um, but, yeah, we went in first half, all guns blazing. Looked like we could have been 3-4 up at uh, half time, And then uh, the second half was a different story, to be honest. Kieran, you happy with 1-1? Um, yes, one-one's uh, great result away from Europe, but it's got a kind of tinge of uh, frustration because within that first half we had some clear-cut chances that on a, another day we would have probably Eddie himself would have, would have finished those two chances, one within twenty-five seconds. Maybe it came far too early in the game because you're just trying to kind of get yourself into the, the momentum of the game, um, but it, with the performance, I know it was a it dipped in the second half. Copenhagen came back into it, but Copenhagen, although they kind of came into it, they didn't really trouble us. They didn't have lots of, they only had two shots on targets. They didn't create enough chances and they didn't show me anything to be worried back at Parkhead. Um, I feel as if we've um, done enough, we've shown 
how well we can play against them. We can, and I feel that Thursday will be quite kind of not easy for us, but I don't see that we should have no fear, and I don't see why we would not get a result. Um, obviously, the old cliche that you came out about uh, about it being a game of two halves—that's been a kind of running theme since we came back after the yep. the winter break. Um, certainly domestically and it looks as if that's kind of translated into Europe despite the fact that obviously domestically we've been playing very very well and we're, we're now 12 points clear uh, in the league which obviously we'll come on to later um, but again first half we played very well or you know we played well there's some debate there which we're going to come to um, second half we didn't um, on that debate you know in the group chat uh, we had a bit of discussion about it. I'm sure that there was the same on social media. Personally, I thought the first half was very controlled from Celtic. I'm not saying it's the best football we played. Um, we've played th- so far this year, but I-, I thought we looked very comfortable. Everybody looked as if they knew what the roles were. You could clearly see how the team how the team was set up. Um, I didn't feel as if we were on the ropes at all. But some people maybe saw it differently that it wasn't quite as as strong a first half performance. Keith, for you, how did you see it at half time? Were one up? Did you think it was? Did you you know were you quite happy at half time? Yeah. For all the the great chances that we we had created in that first half and, and scored the magnificent goal, um, there was a few performances that looked a little bit edgy. Um, Christopher Ayer, Johnny Hayes. And even Frimpong in his first real European game have not really played many domestic games in the run-up to this one. He's just came back from injury. Um, there was a few wee shaky moments in the in the first half, but really, really delighted with the the composure that we showed going forward. Players like Callum McGregor, James Forrest on the left, I thought was absolutely brilliant. He absolutely roasted the the right back. It wasn't until the second half that. <laughs> Uh, Staly Solbach and changed it and brought on. Try to remember the the striker that they brought on. It was uh, Kaufman, um, Big Andy <coughs> came on, made a, a big difference for them going forward. Um, I wasn't it? The, the the play that we were doing kind of we, we retreated back a wee bit. It's as if we went a wee bit deeper. We weren't pressing as higher. We weren't getting as forward in the passes. We only finding the players. We obviously started. Um, we started very well. Eddie had a couple of chances very early on in the game. Um, just to run through the team again: Fraser Foster on goal. We went with a back four of Frimpong, Julian Ayer, and Johnny Hayes. We obviously debated whether Johnny Hayes would start. Um, why we debated it, I don't know. Obviously, he I was going to start. Think, did we debate it? I think we all said we we would want ball and golly, but. It'll be Johnny Hayes. Yeah, um, Johnny Hayes. Yeah, because it's Johnny Hayes, um, and he has dirt on on Lennon. Um, we had still Ma- dangling shagging Strachan's daughter over him, probably. Wow, <laughs> allegedly. <laughs> um, we had Cal McGregor, Scott Brown, Olivia and Cham, and then Ryan Christie, uh, Edward and Forrest. Um, Eddie's goal. I mean, you're a striker yourself at five aside, uh, Kieran. Um, I'd be very proud of her. I found like that. Um, You've got I a hardened big toe. What, what was your take on it? At all. Um, I think what he done was, I think he actually he learned from the two misses prior to that because at them he was keeping it low and at the keeper, whereas this time he seen the keeper coming out and he actually dinked it over him because he obviously knew that because the defender was one side, the keeper was in front. So he dinked it over the keeper to get it past him. Um, I mean, it was a lovely finish. Uh, and it's good the fact of that he didn't, the, the first two misses didn't get to him. He just he just brushed that aside in his mind and he's just kind of kept going. It's early enough in the game, so he would know himself. He's going to continue getting chances. Um, the way this team plays, they do create a lot of chances for him, even at times he creates them himself as well, um, if needs be. Um, so it was good to see that he didn't have that kind of worry. Yeah, and I don't think... Again, you touched on the fact that the, the strength that kind of not scored the two chances before the goal because I mean, the goal was pretty early on as well, but um, we had a lot of chances early on and then he'd won the second 14th half. minute it was. Yep, it was. Um, but I don't. I think the first chance he could have did a wee bit better with the other two. I don't think there's any there's anything he could have done differently. I think it's just the keepers having a great game. So obviously, as I say, we we go in at half time one 0 up. Um, having played reasonably well, you expect this to come out. I certainly expected this to come out in the second half, um, and 
you know, probably start the second half as we'd started the first half, try and reassert ourselves in the game. You know, maybe we didn't have quite as much control in the latter stage of the first half. Um, but that's not how it happened at all. Again, we came back into this kind of, um, you know, as you say, game of two halves and we suddenly came out. Now, don't get me wrong, Copenhagen changed their setup. They weren't very good the first half so they could only improve but they really came out the traps flying for the second half and they got their goal in the 52nd minute the way it was going Bowd were you worried in that second half did you think they were possibly going to obviously with the penalty and Fraser Foster saves it but how much did that second half performance worry you? It, it obviously it wasn't as, as strong as the uh, as the first half of us but again you're a way to you're away in Europe, you can't expect to have the entire game. So I think it's kind of, you can maybe take some solace in the fact that we, we managed to, to keep the draw um, after sustaining quite a lot of pressure. Um, we talked about a, a few of the performances there. Ayer, um, I don't, I think he grew into the game. Mm. I think in the second half, he, he looked a lot better than he did in the first, maybe because he had more to do. Um, Kieran touched on Julian. I think this recording, who knows? Um, but Julian was. <laughs> Julian oh, I, th- was I, thought he was, I thought he was immense the uh, second half. I thought every cross coming in, every pass played through, any blocks, he was always there. And I think he was quite pivotal to us keeping it at one each. But then, this is something that I think we've probably all noticed with Julian. I think he suits the European games. I think he. I think he struggles in domestic games, especially away games, when he's got a physical presence that tries to rough him up on a tight pitch. Um, probably not the you know the best surface to play on. When he's in Europe and the plays in front of him, he's actually a really good defender and he's put in some great performances for us. I agree. I think I think he was probably up there with our man of the match. Played very well on the night. Ayer obviously looked uh, shaky again. The penalty comes. Wow. He was pish. <laughs> he wasn't pish. <laughs> He's fucking pish. He, his first half was a bit, but he, he grew into it. I think his first Why half are you was some Norwegian apologist? Can What's happened? I'm not a Norwegian apologist. First of all, I don't see the Welsh got to you. <laughs> <laughs> but um, he's, a, he's, a, he's a young boy. He's a good defender. He's had a couple of shaky ish halves or performances this season, but none. I think people are blown out of proportion now this season. Yeah, no, I'd agree. Good. I wasn't saying for the season, just that one performance. I thought he was very relatively pretty poor in the first half. He did it better. Too um, many mistakes, losing the ball, possession yeah. rather easily. His passing wasn't there. and it's, he, he can play so much, but he does play so much better. It was just a one-off. And, but yeah. thankfully, we weren't exposed too much with yeah. it. The, the penalty comes. Aye. Honestly, who thought that Fraser Foster was going to save it? I certainly had my my hopes. You had your hopes. <laughs> I had my hopes. You've got to have something. The big man loves to save a penalty. Yeah, I mean, it, it, you've got to think, where would we be without Fraser Foster this season? I mean, I'm not saying we would be in the, in the doldrums, but um, he saved us so many times. He has. I, I can't remember what the stats were, what the facts were about the number of saves that he's made and his save percentage over his career. As a, his career's about 40% or something ridiculous. Yeah, it's just an insane uh, number for a goalkeeper. Um, but again, he saves us. You know, we... We kind of looked all over the shop, but at some, you know, at some points in that second half, Scott Brown gets himself injured um, and has to go off. Gets himself injured. But it, well, he does. Oh, Victim he, blaming. He, he, he went in the tackle. He tried to do something Back for the up. team. Brown Town tried to go in on somebody. He came out a Roy Cropper himself and had to go off. I don't know what language you're speaking. Sorry. <laughs> Um, no, come on, you've got to be honest, it was his own fault really, wasn't it? Well, you know. Does it mean it's sorrow time? We thought we maybe we'd have seen him at least on the bench yeah. at the weekend, it didn't happen, Aye. which we'll come to, but he's playing development games and we are going to touch on the development game later on, but um, it'll be interesting to see if uh, Brown makes it for the, the game on Thursday. Well, important player. Yep, um, but in general, you know, with that game, everybody probably would have taken a score draw uh, before the game. 
what are your feelings going into the second leg this week? Are we, you know, what can we take from it? What can we learn from that first performance? And is anybody worried? The biggest thing that annoyed me from the, the first game was that uh, Christie get booked. I thought it was bad enough that the, the penalty was given and I do understand the reasons why it's if a handball in the box yeah. it's a penalty but there wasn't any there's, intent yeah, there's yeah, never so, any intent in that so, so Christie's out on right. Thursday he's suspended Brown and Forrest neither of them played at the weekend and could possibly miss the game I think they'll probably be given up until the last minute um, and, and we'll Cam's been playing with a, a thigh uh, straight yeah. as well so it's going to be touch and go for him too yeah so we'll, we'll come to a starting 11 but what would you learn from that, that first game Kieran to take into the game on Thursday um, I would learn from the fact of that <coughs> when, when we're on top and we're controlling the game let's try and keep it going into the second half let's not um, have let's not allow the break to kind of let us kind of settle back a little bit. It's, it wasn't quite complacency, but it was. We were taking our eye off the game a little bit, and we allowed Copenhagen to come back into it, which we really shouldn't have. Um, but from what, from even with Copenhagen improving the second half, I didn't see enough of a worry. I feel as if from Thursday, Parkhead, full house under the lights. Um, I feel as if we will definitely perform enough and. Well, one win convincingly, I think, on Thursday. Yeah, I mean, my take from watching the, the away leg was that, you know, Celtic, if we play as we can, we should be winning that at Celtic Park. I don't see that. But I won't see I, I won't see that being a difficulty, but you would expect that we would win that game as long as we, we play to our strengths. The away goals could be crucial. Away goals could be crucial. <laughs> yeah, no, Hopefully they won't. Hopefully we'll pump them 5-0, yeah. but... Hopefully, um, right. So let's. I mean, yeah. let's let's get to well, what the other little thing I was going to mention was just Frimpong, um, who did Rimmers. not. Yep, didn't have a great game. But um, did you think he had a bad? I mean, I feel as if I don't think it was. I don't think it was terrible, but it was for him. It was one of his poorest games for us because he he set the, the bar high. However, his, his, just, his European yeah, debut, European debut, just coming back from injury, clearly rusty. Um, and the, the, the other thing, stuff, the other thing I'd say is, I think Frimpong, um, you know, he finds himself being one of the most kind of sought after players on the pitch. Aye, he's everybody, everybody looks for him. Everybody yeah. tries to channel the the attacks down his his right hand side. He has got a lot of work to do, and when you're coming back from an injury, you're been playing your first game, first European game for Celtic away. Um, you know, it's, I, I don't know what people expect from him. He, he's not going to be able to put in the performances that you've seen. Give him a few games. Let him. I, I thought by no means was he was he bad. Um, I put on the rundown uh, Jekyll and Hayes. I thought I was excellent. No one commented. Jekyll and Hayes. That's good. I, like I, it. I was. That was First I half, a lot of people saying that Johnny Hayes was actually playing really well and busting a gut. Having a, by the time the end of the game came. He was shit. He was on the shit list. <laughs> um, Johnny Hayes, is he on the shit list or is he in the, the greatest list for you, Bowd? I think he's an either. I don't, as I've said, he, I don't see him as a left back. Who had the better um, game for him, Pong or Hayes? I think, um, like you can, it was Jekyll and Hayes. Jekyll and Hayes. I mean, that's the title of the show, really. When he was a uh, when Hayes was at his best, he was better than Frimpong. But I think Frimpong probably lasted longer and performed better. If you know what I mean. Kill Yang and Yang. Yeah, I, I think uh, at times when when Hayes was going forward, he was he was doing well. Um, I think just more on the kind of defensive side of it, he was kind of getting caught a few times. I think Frimpong just had a kind of consistent performance level all the way through. He wasn't. He wasn't too um, gung ho going forward. He was very reserved. Kind of kept he hold his position. Um, didn't really want to get caught out too much. Um, whereas Johnny Hayes was a bit one minute he could be flying out the wing and the next minute he's obviously trying to trail back and stuff. So um, I think it was just a wee bit slight bit of an inconsistent for Hayes. Whereas like I said, Frimpong was a bit more balanced throughout the whole the whole ninety minutes. So l let's try and. Kind of obviously, we're looking ahead to the game on Thursday. It's a massive game. Um, it's as it kind of finely poised. I think we would all we all have a certain degree of confidence, especially because of the way we started that first half. Um, it'll be interesting to see. You know, 
although we're saying we had a bit of a game of two halves and a Jekyll and Hyde performance, so did Copenhagen. Yeah, they did. didn't play that, that well in the first half, so it'll be interesting to see you know, what level they're at. Um, with the number of players that are possibly out for us, you know, we've got a wee bit of... Po- Possible, possibly we've got a wee bit of tinkling to do with this starting lineup. First off, very quickly from each of you, are we going to go three-five-two uh, or are we going to go four-two? Well, why don't you one? tell us the players that are out because that, that might that inform dictate, our decision. That will well, dictate the formation of who okay, is available. If you want to do that, I'll do that. Keith's got, got a point. He's got a point. Just to He's say that if you are listening on the Wednesday later on today, over on ninety minute. Uh, Patreon.com forward slash 90 Minutes Cynic. Um, you'll be able to hear Lewis Laird at the press conference with the most up-to-date um, news team news injuries. and information from Neil Lennon. You've just went into the future. Fucking Mystic Meg. Incredible. Incredible. Um, so, okay. So, we know that Christie is out, suspended. Yep. Uh, Forrest, Brown and Encham all doubts. So... Let Fraser Foster obviously he's fit and available he will play in goals oh yes um, Frimpong so you've got Frimpong Julian Ayer Hayes did not play at the weekend because I think he's got an injury as well yeah, Taylor so, Taylor played the full game so yeah. do we go with Taylor or Bowen Golly I'd be Taylor because Bowen Golly's uh, not really been about him a few yeah. one game what, three unlikely. games ago so I think as well with it being, if it's going to be Taylor, not Hayes, I think we'll be more inclined to play a back four. I think it'll be Frimpong, Ayer, Julian and Taylor. Yeah. I think we'll be that. And then you've got, because if you are going three at the back, do you play Moy instead of yeah. any of them? Well, that, in my head. Well, I'd play, if you're playing a back four, I'd definitely have Moy on the left. I think it more depends on who's available in midfield and whether he's going to play... Uh, near Beaton at the the base, or if he's going to go with Callum McGregor. Um, well, Callum McGregor seemed to play better at the base. I think he's played quite well on Sunday. Yeah, um, I think he seemed to enjoy that and dictating the play even more. So, are you, are you excited by the prospect of European Tam? European Tam. Considering and Cham's a doubt, Brown's a doubt, Christie's suspended. South American Tam is what we have most of the time. So. <laughs> You're not sure. I don't mind them coming over and b- doing a bit of European Tam. Eurasian Tam over in Russia still. Listen, Tam's all over. Tam's from everywhere. Um, Tam, I, I think Tam will play, to be honest with you. Um, it might be because we don't really have anybody else to play, but um, yeah, I would definitely play him. Right. I'm just I'm just looking. Griffiths didn't play that game. Because we're not top. He was injured. He was injured uh-huh. because he wasn't like on the bench. Goes well, he left behind. Because um, we played the four three three, wouldn't have played anyway. Yeah, I don't know though if if Griffiths was fit, would we have maybe? I, I've got a feeling he wouldn't have played two up front without Griff. That's my 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 thoughts. So maybe he would have went that way anyway. But I think that I I would be surprised if he'd have played Clamalla or Bayo up front with Eddie no, away in Europe yeah so on. let me just run through the bench because maybe this will help we had uh, Jozo Nierbeton um, both of them came on we had Bio uh, Tam Bollingoli Moy who also came on and Scott Bain so 3-5-2 or 4-3-3 I you're the manager you need I, to pick I'm the manager uh, I would go with four at the back. I'm <laughs> undecided as to whether Lennon will. Could still see. Well, you know so what? The fact the fact they played the four. Um, no, wait a minute, did he? He played the four away. Uh, yeah, but he went back to the three. He went back to the three. Domestically three, because domestically yeah. three is a lot more easier to do with because it's gives more freedom for the players Aye. and we don't really and get a lot of challenge. Playing but against when, bank, you're, bank uh, when you're into Europe. Tougher, you've got your quality kind of goes up a, up, up a uh, step or two. Um, I, I do honestly do think it's, it's all going to be dictated by who's available because, like we say, we're talking about three midfielders, um, Brown and Cham and Forrest, who are quite key to yeah. the team. So, if they take those three out, you have replacements going in, 
I don't really see because then you're going to have to have like oh, Forrest and Christie aren't fit that might kind of make oh, a decision for them uh, well, uh, you know what I mean Brown, it's Brown and Forrest if they're missing well let's let's put it this way why don't why don't we go with the formations that we had in both the Copenhagen game and the game at the weekend so if it's going to be a, a 4-3-3 like it was in the first leg we're going to have Fraser Foster Frimpong Julian Ayer and Hayes or Taylor depending on whether he's as fit. If he's fit, does he start? I think Lennon trusts him more. <coughs> and he does. He trusts him more in an, a European experience that he's had that the more games. Defensively, I would prefer um, Taylor. Taylor. And I think I would prefer Taylor if we were going for the 3-5-2. The um, but I think if we're going for the 4 at the back, <laughs> I think it would be, the, it'd be Hayes that would get the... And then in midfield, if we've got a three in midfield, um, so we had Cal McGregor, Scott Brown and Cham. If Scott Brown and Cham don't make it, you're going to have to have Tam in there. Possibly Bitton And And then Christy obviously can't play, so put Moy on the left, Forrest on the right, Eddie up front. Yep. But that's what I'm saying. If Forrest can't make it and Christy's out, you're left with a... Moy and who else really on the wing are you so that's where you would need Arzani to go for the Shved, which is just yeah. not going to happen so that's where the Shved's fee works because then you've got Frimpong and Taylor or Hayes on the wings I would be or more Moy like, potentially so if it's a worst case scenario and you've got no Forrest no Brown and no Cham I think it would I think I would potentially go a bit I would go with a three and I would have back three I would have Frimpong on the right Taylor on the left I would have Bitton and Brown, eh, sorry, Bitton and McGregor, and I would put Moy and Tam. Can no, you that do that? Not, you can't do that. Not, Eddie? Sorry, no, I'm talking shit. Unless one of them's with the striker. Hmm. I have yeah. a full midfield and a striker. You've got too many players, man. No, no, that's right. You've oh, you to having no players so to too many. 3 5 1 1. Aye, so if you back three, you get two wingers and you get a four midfielders. Ah, one striker, actually, I made a mistake. It should be two yeah. strikers. Right, so, so take out Moy the, and put Griffiths. The team that started against Kilmarnock, obviously we switched to a 3-5-2. So we had Foster and Goal, Jozo, Julian and Ayer as your back three. I yep. think if we're going to play a back three, that's the back three. Aye. There's, there's no really any other However, option. When was the last time for Jozo? I was going to say, when was the last time Jozo had a break? Because Jozo can't play three, four games in a row. He's... At this Yuzo point, Yuzo can he play one game in a row? Well, he just played the last three, so he gave away penalties and all sorts. Of twat. I'm go. turning on Yuzo. I was actually a big fan of his about two days, ago, two hours ago, <laughs> a minute ago. Uh, two I do, I, I, yeah. I do, th- I do think it probably makes it a wee bit easier if you play the three-five-two because then you get Frimpong, Tam, McGregor, and you put Beaton, Beaton in, and then you've got uh, Greg Taylor. Griffiths Eddie up front. Yeah. I think Griffiths and Eddie up front. That works well. It works well. It worked well again at the weekend. I think, you know, we want to try and get a couple of goals as quickly as we can to end this thing. See as a front too. I think we see a better Eddie. I noticed that on Sunday. I feel as if seeing you've got Eddie with Griffiths and Eddie's the man the 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 striker dropping off, I think he's more devastating at times. I think when he drops off and finds the ball and turns and goes with it, I think he prefers that than either having to run onto the ball or hold the play up. I think he likes just running at defenders because you can see see the footwork that he's getting nowadays, the one when he's got the ball and he's got the step overs. Um, some, a couple of times... Roger Kesh, get points. <laughs> Maybe. You can stay. <laughs> um, at times on Sunday, you could see that he'd like t- sometimes he'd have two, three, four players around him and at times he was getting past all of them. Um, and I feel he does that better when he's a partnership than he does when he's up, up, up front himself. So I think we're starting to see a lot more and a better idea, I think, as a partner. I'm just going to say that I think midfield-wise, I, I wouldn't be starting bit on. That seems quite a, a negative move, a quite a defensive move. Brown and Cham and Christie aren't there. I would have him on the bench, certainly. As, as but a who? Chance to, Literally, who would play So it? my three would be McGregor again at the base. Yep. Uh, Rogic ahead and I would tuck Moy in who okay. can do something similar to what Christy does when he Mother plays Tucker. When he, but then Tam's not disciplined enough to help him back you need, if you're going to have three in midfield Tam will do what he wants you need 
We've already got who's box to box like you're in champs. Well, like you're McGregor's. We've got three defenders. We've got Frimpong on the right. Taylor, I would have on the left as well. Then, and I would have, as I said, Moy Tuckin in, who is he's our blue chip player. He's one of our most talented attackers. He's always likely to either set up a goal or score a goal. He did it in uh, Roma uh, against Lazio. So I would definitely have him. He's got to start. And I would have him just in behind Griffiths and Edward up front. I mean, the partnership's looking absolutely beautiful. Against Plankton domestically, I think that would possibly work. But I think when you step it up in a European gear, I think the quality is a enough to, Did they show enough on last Thursday to make you think that we need to worry about them? I didn't see it enough that I, I think, you've got I think you one lazy, if you've got one lazy player that's not coming back and helping out because you're obviously going to have two strikers that are not going to come back either and help to, to be fair I think you'd actually I think actually the more chance you'd swap Moy and Tam I think Tam would be better the one behind the two and Moy I like I, I noticed that at the beginning of the season I like Moy's um, tracking back I think Moy does very well right. coming back and getting the ball it did a in lot the European better, games as well a lot better than what Tam does so I'd be more inclined to have Moy being almost that kind of box to box player Rather than Tam and have Tam being the kind of almost number push him back at the end, make him the centre back, put Ayer in the middle. <laughs> Jesus. Um, um, hopefully we've got Brown and then Cham and yeah, Forrest, and this uh, is all fucking moot. But that that's that's what I was going to say though. Is there a danger that we play and you know not fully fit Scott Brown just because we feel like we need him? That that's my worry. Is that we put in a Scott Brown at 70-80% and expect him to be able to perform. And don't get me wrong, he might, but it's a gamble. And look, it looks like we've been playing <coughs> a not 100% in Cham ahead of Christie. And we can see how good a player Christie is, but he's been allowing in Cham still to play, even though he's maybe playing through a pain or whatever it is. But he was seeing a couple of games he'd been playing with a niggle. When that should have been, he should have been rested to allow that to clear up and Christie been able to play in. The, yeah. the same position is it's a seamless transition between the two, so it is. So why he stuck with that, we don't know. No. What What do you think about <clears throat> the fact that we signed we signed two players in the January transfer window, <coughs> um, mm-hmm. Klamala and Soro. Um, neither of them, <coughs> neither of them have played um, much. Soro we haven't seen at all, not even been on the bench. Um, Klamala, you know, he he didn't play in the European game against Copenhagen last week. He was on the bench at the weekend, didn't get on, Bio came on ahead of him. Isn't this why we recruited players in January for these types of scenarios? We've went and bought Sorrow. He plays in Scott Brown's position. He was playing for his club right up until pretty much he came to Celtic. Yeah. Surely that's why we went and bought a player of that you know, of that position so that he could come in and do a job. Seems as if we're trying to put square pegs in round holes and we have a, a, a round peg. It depends though. I mean, we don't know how far along Sorrow is, how close he is to being Celtic quality. So we know Brown is going to be playing less next year when we win the 10. So we need a youngster that's going to come up and start playing. But is Sorrow maybe a little bit down the line? Is he ready to come in? Maybe he isn't, and that's he's just there for the future. Um, Clamala is a bit different. He's a it's a funny one. Griff was just coming back, and I think somebody that's done it for Celtic and we know his ability. You, it's it was fair for Lennon to give him games, and we're seeing that he's improving. As Keith was saying, with the two up front, that works really well. So it's harder for Clamala and Bio to get games. Um, I mean, don't get me I, wrong, we might get away with it, but surely that was what January's for. You, you recruit then, players that can yeah, come that in. Yeah, can play. And if you're in this kind of crisis especially, of selection, you can play them. Yeah, especially at the time as well, because, oh, f- fair enough, Rangers, the arses fell out of it, but, you know, during the January transfer window, we needed to strengthen the squad because we were in a fucking, an actual title race at Aye. one point. But then, it's probably not the right, right way to go around the business of it, but, it has enhanced the squad in a way because see with the maybe not these two players have, have been part of this but look since January we have just went 10 games domestically winning we're destroying teams it would appear that the players have actually upped their game so maybe they brought the players in with a with a, a view they need to go into the squad or they've come in and they've enhanced the squad put put the players for, I mean Griffiths is an example I think Kamala, Kamala has been brought in because Griffiths wasn't quite performing and they weren't sure he would get up to the levels he previously at. He's not at those levels yet, 
but he's now scoring. He's forming a partnership with um, Eddie, and like we just said on Sunday, Bile came on ahead of Kamara. So you'd think it'd be all the way around. So it looks like they have forced the players who potentially may have been not be losing their spots, but they've now improved. Is yeah. that the January transfer window signings, though, or is that our winter break? We went to Dubai and somewhere. Change formation as well. Well, there's that, but I'm just thinking Dubai, you get the rest. It's hard to find any vices there. You can't find. <laughs> Allegedly, any there's no snow. There's no you're not snow. going for a bloody stag, do you know? You're going, no. you're going to work. You're going to work. Um, um, one thing I noticed about um, in January, eh, sorry, the summer transfer window is when Greg Taylor came in. He didn't just get straight uh, put into the. You're a the fan team. of Greg Taylor, aren't you? No, uh, he no? was no. I was actually watching the the game on uh, Rangers fan <laughs> on Sunday, and I thought he looked the he looked odd one out of all the. The rest of the team, the rest of the team performed really well, but he, he looks like a defender that's been kind of forced to go attacking, and it doesn't suit him. Both of you have mentioned domestic football, and we're going to get to that very quickly. I just want a prediction for Thursday. Score, mm. score, score, please, Bowd. Um Three goals to nil. Um, French and Cham to Scott. No French, Eddie. Um, Fucking hell. Scott Brown will be fit and will score. And uh, Julien. Probably. We'll get a wee header. Kieran, could you give us a score? Oh. Going a bit out there. I'm going four now. I was going to go three. Down, I was going to go three, but you stole it. You, so you stole. You were in my mind and stole my prediction. That couch so man. This couch needs to bring some respect. I'm going for four now. I'm going for an AD with a brace. Julian with a header. And I think. Calmac, fair. That is that is bold. Um, I'm gonna go five two. Um, <laughs> goals first. Uh, no, I think it'll be uh, I think it'll be three one. Um, <laughs> just like our last game, I think uh, I don't know why you're laughing. I thought I asked that crazy. Um, I think Eddie will get two, and um, Thomas. Mm-hmm. It'll be uh, Chris Iard messing up for their goal. Is that your prediction? Yeah, I probably. Yeah. Aye, he'll make a right titty himself. Yeah. He'll probably. What about the, is domestic scat Tam scoring? Um, yeah, I said that. Yeah, oh, right, okay. no, Tam will score. Yep. Okay, yep, yep. Um, just, just European. Tam. He'll he'll head it in and, and is the ash from his forehead because he still <laughs> get a wee bit left from Ash. He's a bit manky, but he's, he's a, a wee boy. bit manky. <laughs> it's gonna transfer onto the ball. Yes, Saint Tam. Um, I was laughing because I was going to go for five three myself, but as well, uh, no three one as well. I oh think <laughs> Moy. I think Moy is. He was uh, raging. He didn't realise he could do that. <laughs> Moy's going to get a double. Um, and Oofed. a penalty scored by. Who's our penalty taker? Eddie's it not. I go for Eddie. He can get a wee penalty. Fantastic. Um, so. On to domestic business. We at the weekend were Tam Excels, absolutely. Um, we played Kilmarnock, we mentioned that a wee bit. Um, we were playing Kilmarnock at home. Um, this was on the same day that uh, Rangers were playing St Johnson away at St Johnson in Perth. They kicked off early, they did. They they didn't realise they were kicking off early though, half the team didn't turn up. I, absolutely. We're gonna this is what the the next fifteen minutes, the last fifteen minutes of the pod is really all gonna be about. Um but they were making an arse of it. We kicked off, um we go a goal down due to a penalty. Um Yeah, Fraser Foster, get him to fuck. Aye, shite pen, penalty saver. He's in decline. Um, <laughs> absolutely. Um so the as we've mentioned, we reverted back to a three-five-two. We've kind of mentioned who was there. Tam came in though; um, he is the greatest. Um, we go a goal down. Was anybody worried when we went a goal down? Of I think really after that, we really came on to be very, yeah. very dominant on the half-hour mark. The, the goal wasn't even of Kamalok um, being in the game. It was a silly penalty that Jozo gave away. Um, he stupidly put in the tackle, which wasn't really required. Uh, Bad up case to that of the point, uh, up to that point, I don't think really Kelly <laughs> <laughs> actually struggled. Uh, but, but kind of in the game as much. Yeah. Um. So it doesn't really. It, I mean, the scoreline shows that they may have been in the game a little bit, but 
I don't know if they were, and then after the goal, it was just like pff, they, were, they just basically yeah. sat and defended yeah. in the last the last third of their part. I was gonna say that, yeah, they just they just went behind the ball, but you still you, you weren't that. You knew that we were gonna do something, and yeah. you assumed that we would pull it back. I think that the. the Obviously, with the Rangers game, how it was going, you know, it was a chance. We had to do our bit to make sure that we increased the lead at the top of the table. They get a penalty in six minutes and you just think, you know, I'm sure a lot of people seeing that goal flash up in their phones with the thought, oh God, here we go, we're going to have one of those days. But to be fair... the other side of the city getting all their hopes up. Oh, it doesn't matter, we're going to get a point closer. Absolutely <laughs> delusional, <laughs> um, but you know, twenty-eight minutes, and you know, thank God for ricochets, tappins, Chris Ayer manages to level things up. Um, five minutes later, Eddie puts his two-one up. We're on easy street all of a sudden. Yeah, Julian and getting a couple of assists, and how quickly the fans turned because when it was one 0 down around my area, the cheer. Um, Negative or coming from oh they were getting torn into them they Kiel, were just were so the unhappy and <laughs> <laughs> they, was, they were just getting right into the team and it's kind of like hold on a minute granted it's one 0 down but it's so early in the game it's just it's just but again it's that nervousness with us with the way that the things but are the this way, season but the way we've been playing since January there was no worry that we were going to lose the game it's just no. it was a slight blip. It was a penalty they got. It wasn't like it was a lovely kind of um, piece of play that Kelly did. It was fucking lucky penalty. I didn't find that in, in my area. I, I thought there was, a, there was a calmness in, within the stadium. Nah, there wasn't too punters. much. Do you want to call it your area? Tell us your area. Call no. it. <laughs> Name and shame. See these standards. Then all of a sudden, they go the second goal goes in. Oh, as if he was all happy and they're all chatting away now, and that's it. <laughs> Don't let them forget it. Fucking, fucking tell them. Um, <coughs> just to say, when, when they scored and they were going back and they were going back to take the penalty and usually get whenever Celtic's about to kick off after conceding there's a wee roar goes up but the roar sounded a wee bit different and I think that was the news filtering in that Aye. St Johnson had equalised for the, uh, to score the to make it 2-2 so it was weird that kind of took the edge off it because we knew that they were fucking up in, in, in Perth that we were still going to be able to we had plenty of time the sixth minute we hadn't even got into a stride the <clears throat> the as you say, Rangers were getting beat at half time by St Johnson one 0 Um they came back, went two one up, and then St Johnson scored in the run about the eightieth minute um <clears throat> to level the game at two two. Um obviously we went on, won the game, Griffiths got his goal, um Alan Powell gets sent off um for a tackle on Frimpong, which was quite poetic after obviously injuring yep. Frimpong um in the previous game. <coughs> Um, but we took care of business. We extended our lead to twelve points at the top of the, the table. You know, it says a lot. It, it, I think it. You know, you're you're talking about your section and and the negativity coming from it. I think that is just still part of people are still nervous. And I asked on a podcast um, a while ago about how many points do we need to get to before we we feel comfortable again and we feel like it's done and. I think on, on that pod, everybody said double figures. We were at 10 and it still didn't dissipate. We were still a bit nervous. We're 12 points clear now. Um, I think... I still think, a game in hand though, so... You, still a game yeah. in hand, yeah. Um, but we showed good character to come back from a goal down and win the game. Yeah. Whereas um, they didn't. Whereas they didn't, absolutely. Um, very quickly on the three five two, Griffiths and Eddie up front. Is that the formation for domestic football? Is Absolutely. that what we're going to go Absolutely. for for the rest of the season, right. especially with the game against them coming up? Definitely, I think those two are really now starting to kind of get a partnership. You can see some of the play; they're kind of knowing where each other is. Yeah, and that's what you it's want. Telepathic strike, at uh, times. It's getting, it's kind of getting to that level now. You needed to give it time. That's what we always say with players. If new players are coming in or if new formations, you've got to give it a little bit of time to embed. So we've now managed this. We're now we're now starting to see a Griffiths that we we enjoy seeing. Like a happy Griffiths, one that's scoring, one that's getting involved. And part of that, I do believe as well, was Clamar coming in. It's helped to kind of boost his levels. The issue there, and I'm not disagreeing that that's what we'll generally see, but to gain Griffiths, you're 
losing essentially Forest because you've either got Forest or Frimpong, and even if you play Forest, Forest isn't at his best when he's in a three-five-two. It's not as it's not what he does, and mm-hmm. he's consistently been one of our best players over the last number of years. He's I've seen some stats. He's uh, scored or assisted more goals than every Rangers winger, basically. Um, or attacking the fielder <laughs> combined this season. Were, um, you, were you disappointed not to see Moy start, Boud? Because obviously he was coming back and, I, you know, um, with a change of formation, it's not a formation that really you're going to start Moy, but yeah. maybe a game it would have been good to see more of him. Definitely, because he was so, he looked so great before the injury and we've not, he's obviously not had a lot of football since he's came back, but you're kind of excited to, to see Moy and see what he can do because I think he could be a proper... He could be pivotal. No pivotal. Because at this point, probably not pivotal, but he he will still have a major influence in the rest of the season, yeah. I think. And especially and when... We've got a cup final. We've potentially got another round in Europe, depending how Thursday goes. There's we've got a cup final. No, we're going to bury ourselves. Wow. Jesus. Okay. Steady on. Whoa. We'll get there. Slow down. Pull back those reins, cowboy. Uh-huh. Um, Scott Brown being out, captain. You know he is. He is the greatest. He will have a statue. You know he's still going to go by any means necessary after the ten. But um, Calmac comes in. Calmac's got the captain's armband. Keith. He he's playing a different role. He's in that kind of you know deeper position. He's being a bit of a metronome and really letting other players. Um, he was doing doing really well at breaking up play about Lewis Cobb Brown yep. does that side of his game he's such a good player he's he's able to adapt to those positions and do those roles he was fantastic at the weekend wasn't he yes I asked Neil Lennon after the game um, what he thought about McGregor in the, at the base there did he see him develop I like this talk role? of the base it's nice at the base um, if he's seen him uh, his future there as a possible replacement uh, for Scott Brown he doesn't see him been there and yeah, crack you in the jaw and say Scott Brown doesn't he need replaced we <laughs> man not till he's in his 30s he says McGregor should still be playing a wee bit further forward because he offers so much more to the team I, lo- I love seeing how much of a leader he's become on that park and like you said the, the way that he, he breaks up play he doesn't have to go into flying into tackles he reads the game so well he's so quick over the ground he, he just nips in and he, he harries players into making mistakes he managed to, to nick the ball away retain possession uh, and start <coughs> like you said the, the metronome thing's really good he, the way that he, he switches play and just keeps the game flowing it's it's wonderful to see I, th- I think you could argue that Cal McGregor is the most improved player that's ever played at Celtic in life. Like, improved during his time at the club Oh, Ryan Christie as well. Oh, but from where Kevin McGregor started, remember, playing a different role, his game's yeah. completely changed and ah. taken. He's went up so many levels. I mean, he was uh, not as far as he was the. Oh fuck. Um, so before we were kind of tight for time I've been told that we've only got 60 minutes so I'm like very conscious of the time um, but very quickly I, I, I want to laugh at the Huns so, you know, let's do it we, we all want to not what this segment's called this segment's called League Table Slash Rest of the Results Slash Huns Collapse <laughs> um, so we sit at the top of the table we have a 20 goal uh, advantage in terms of goal difference we have the difference is not going to be crucial. It's not. Uh, we can rule that out. Um, it's basically getting you an extra point. We've got 12, but it's really 13. Um, 10 games left um, in the league. Five before the split, five after. That's what adds to 10. Yep. Um, they have... They're, a, they're, a, they're an absolute mess. I mean, I, I honestly think this game at the weekend, despite all the other... Dropped points and poor results and everything. I think this one was a big watershed moment. I have even been on the fall, fall, forum thing. <laughs> You're not alone, I know. I went on it, and oh my god! <clears throat> I mean, I don't know if everybody does this. I've never really been one for doing it, but I've went on it. It's gold. It's amazing. The the, the number of things that have been blamed for this, and it, it's terrific. Ha ha. Get it up them. It, it's hilarious. And what I've liked... Scum. I've, I've said over this entire journey of um, Celtic dominating Scottish football and Rangers dying and their zombie corpse rising again. Um, it's when they get hope. Oh, it's and, the hope that kills them every time. And see that bragger result. As much as I hated it, 
it gave them that little bit. We're turning it around, lads. <laughs> That's the start of the season. No, it's not. See, no, it's no wee man. See the 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 Rangers TV commentary of the celebrations after the game, the twenty ninth. I mean, that is just that's gold. Mm. Um, seeing Gerard run about the way he was, he flung camera. his players under the bus again at the weekend. Um, Cattage, he just out and out murdered Cattage, didn't he? Oh, I mean, imagine he'd uh, Ayer in his team. Jesus Christ. Um, so Cattage is a top of the league. Cattage had a, a case of the Isles. Um <laughs> So I take it ideally, we, ideally we want them to win on tomorrow night to give them a wee bit of hope for Sunday. No, no I want them to get calm down. down. I want them. <laughs> 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 Never want them to win. But then for Sunday, just to be taken away from again. No. Also, that's kind of constantly up and down. Getting the next round of Europe, we don't need that. Admin two could be happening. Who knows? Listen, tell them out so that when we play them as well, they'll just. This is this is a massive week. For, for the subhuman scum um, they play obviously they've got Braga tomorrow night their game's tomorrow not Thursday they're going to get pumped out of Europe yeah. and then at the weekend they've got to go to Tynecastle in the Scottish Cup where they've just already been beat there pumped out of that. they're going to get absolutely moon the jam tarts pumped they're going to Won't get bobied straight often. out of the Scottish Cup season over is Stephen Gerrard the manager this time next week, Chris Bowd. Yeah, if that happens, I think it's, that, it's, a, it's a sugarly peg after that. The question, I suppose, is can Rangers afford to That's get rid say, of him? It's a sugarly sash. He's got to go. <laughs> <laughs> I think if, uh, if those two games, Keith? I was just looking at the, the run-in, so they've got Braga um, and Hearts. They lose those two games. Then they've got Hampton Mackies at home and then they're away to Ross County. I think we could have the the league one before the split because yeah. the negativity that's going to be coming out of that stands is bad enough the at bile. the best of the times. Um it's all that I mean all Mordor. the all the terrier chat and all that's coming about oh, Gerard now. It's can it? they're breaking. Aye, he loves a good mass. I bet he's got his ashes in Wednesday. <laughs> 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 he's got a Portuguese chapel. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Oh, fantastic, man. You better get that wiped off his forehead. Um, so, yes, get it right up them. 12 points clear. The nine's in the bag. Fuck it, the ten's in the bag and all. And that's um, something we... Because we focus so much on the ten. We're going for nine in a row. I, yeah. Fucking I, yeah. huge. It's a huge achievement. Um, can I go to this? Listen, well, we've, got go three, we've got three trebles uh, so far. Um, some people call it a treble treble um, we're going for another one this year we've got one uh, trophy in the bag we've already got the other trophy being packed up it's, we've got it anyway so I don't know why it'd be packed up but you know what I'm saying um, Scottish Cup we're away to St Johnston in the Scottish Cup uh, quarter final on Sunday um, obviously we went there we played the best football uh, first 45 minutes mm. best 45 minutes of football pro- arguably of the domestic season um, to blow them away in the first half back in January winning 3-0 they've uh, been a bit of a low as well they've just they've lost a couple easy points there as well <laughs> absolutely <laughs> absolutely um, does the fact that it's a cup game matter I mean d- does it really change anything in respect to you know our chances compared to the game that we just played I think it only, ch- it only changes when it goes to Hamden. There's a bit you can feel there's a bit more of pressure because you're at the national stadium and you're getting to semi final final stage. I think when it's just in the rounds just now, I think the way we are just sweeping this plank to the side, it doesn't matter if it's a cup game, it's just another game against them. And I don't I don't see I don't see the I don't see any pressure, I don't see any nervousness from players, Celtic players. They'll just be treating it as another domestic game the same way they've just treated all the last four or five since 2020 about to do in terms of like our approach for it starting 11 all that we just regardless of the game during the week and how it goes you go with your strongest team you know it's a quarter final in the Scottish Cup aye it's the Scottish Cup Um, we've talked the fact that he's, he's got a number of players who are either coming back from injury or maybe have knocked so you may be you're maybe smart with that and you manage that but yeah you put out a, a strong team um, and we've got to remember as well because we've, we've been spoiled with treble treble trebles aren't easy um, so ultimately if you get to the end of the season we've won a double I'm delighted with that obviously you're going to be gutted if you lose a, a, a cup game at any point but Eyes in the prize. Would anybody, um, rather than playing a 70-80% Scott Brown on Thursday, 
would anybody be tempted to, you know, leave them out of that game and get them back 100% for the weekend? I think no. it depends on if you get in champ fit as well. I think that plays a wee bit. It yeah. depends how many you've got out the middle. But then look at the, look at the, the, the team we had on Sunday there against Kumalak, who at times are a better team than St. Johnson. So the team that we had on Sunday would should be more than capable of getting the result on Sunday. On the way, Celtic Park, come up, yeah. But like so that's St. Johnson, we totally leathered them only a couple of weeks ago, so. Keith, do you think we'll totally leather them again, or do you think it'll be a different game we than the one in January? Absolutely scale them. Um, Thursday's a bigger game, though. If Scott Brown's coming back for any game, it's Thursday he's got to come back for. Yeah, yep. I agree. Sunday, we go with the strongest squad as we can. That'll be our 50th game of the season. We need to just lay down a marker on Sunday, but we can try and sprinkle it with a few of our, 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 our squad players there. Terrific. Um, listen, get it right up, um, Stephen Gerrard. I hope he has a great Ash Wednesday. I hope he's flipping pancakes tonight. Um, this podcast has been brilliant. This was the best recorder of the night. Yeah. The other, yes, the other two attempts... We're a bit shit. I'm glad we deleted them. Yeah, no, um, no, they were fine. I just, I was disappointed with your performances, lads. But you pulled it back. Well done. It was pretty much your fault. Well, yeah, you fault. are the producer. Yeah, you're um, in control of the equipment. Yeah, you are my equipment. I'm in control of you. I've got the best out of you. Let's just carry on, guys. You had technical issues, a bit like uh, Christopher Ayer. Chris Bow, thanks very much. One hoops, hail hail. Kieran Haran. Been fun. The first three letters of your first name are CIA. Uh. There they are. Whoa. Uh, Keith, where the hell? Thank you, Louis. It's ginger, but it's beautiful. It is looking quite good today. Thanks for the pancakes. Thanks for the brown. And uh, I've been Louis McCaffrey. This has been the Cynic Weekly, and we will speak to you down the road. <laughs>